Welcome everyone to the weekly spotlight from Diversity in Apps. My name is Kabir Seth. I'm Amy Kraft. And thanks everyone for joining us. If this is your first time with us, we are a grassroots coalition. We're made up of researchers, producers, parents, and educators. And our mission is to raise awareness and engage in research about the need for inclusive, equitable, and diverse children's media. So this podcast is one of the ways we do that. We have a weekly newsletter that we send out every Sunday, and Amy and I spend this podcast talking about a couple articles from the newsletter and maybe some other articles that we stumbled upon, and we um, we hope that you share those articles um, as you get them in, in the newsletter um, with like-minded folks. So since it is the dog days of summer, Amy, we don't have a guest this week people will Um, return from vacations that's right people will come (laughs) back from vacation we're on vacation they're listening to us um we hope it's worth saying for all the people whose kids are back to school last week and this week new york city schools don't start again until well after. right that's right yeah yeah new york starts a little bit later so yeah um so this week we wanted to touch on a couple topics from our newsletter around Um, disabilities, children with disabilities, sort of how the media has portrayed um, both adults and kids um, in television shows with disabilities, and then also touch on um, sort of dolls and video games um, dealing with with disabilities. So um, what we sort of wanted to to start with was this article in Variety um, that came out um, last week, or I think this week. and what it was talking about was a, a study that really um, looked at television shows and how often a character with disabilities is actually played by an able-bodied um, person. And what they found was that 95% of the time that was the case. So you have a character in the show with some sort of disability and it's being played by an able-bodied person. And... Um, Actually, people with disabilities, I didn't know this, Amy, that um, they actually represent nearly 20% of the U.S. population. That was, um, that was surprising to me. And so this, um, what the study did was basically look at um, the top TV shows um, in the U.S. and then um, looked at you know, how often someone, um, that, whoever th- that character was, was that being played by an able-bodied person? And they said... They only found four actors in the shows that they looked at, um, um, which amounted to less than two percent of all the actors on screen. So, um, so pretty disappointed. Um, I guess um, as I was reading through the article, there's apparently some sort of widespread stigma against hiring actors with with disabilities. So, um, so this was interesting. And then they they touched on the fact that there's a new um, there's a new show show coming out. Um, on ABC called Speechless, and the actor who um, is playing um, someone who has who's who's nonverbal is Micah Fowler, and um, that actor has cerebral palsy in in real life. So um, it might be something worth checking out. Yeah, that um, made me think of uh, remember R.J. Mitty in Breaking Bad was just oh, like yeah. such a fantastic character. That's right. And it always like it it, it always gave me pause because they like he was just it was written into the show that way. It right. was never really a thing that it yeah. palsy. It was just like their son does and that's part of the show and it, and he was just an excellent character by yeah. all accounts. Yeah. 
being played by someone with a disability. And right. I just loved it. Like, yeah. it also, like, it made me think of, like, one of the reasons um, Fargo is my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Not that pregnancy is a disability, but the fact that she was pregnant and it had nothing to do with the plot. Right, right. Was so shocking to me. And I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, we all have different things going on with our bodies. You know, if you're disabled, you're still a character in your life, you know, and could be a yeah. character in the show that's no less compelling um, than an able-bodied character. Yeah, for sure. I think Breaking Bad did an amazing job of it. This actually made me think of um, Life Goes On when mm-hmm. I was when I was younger. Um, I used to watch that show and that um, had a character on there. I think the character's name was Corky, um, who had cerebral palsy or yeah, no had. Yep. D- yeah. And, um, and I think that was, it, it was handled a little bit differently. I think at the time, um, it was much different than breaking bad, right? Like obviously he was, um, a three dimensional character, but like there were plenty of episodes that sort of dealt specifically with the fact that, um, you know, that he had, had, Oh um, no, he had down syndrome. Yeah. Down syndrome. Yeah. That's what it was. I thought so. So, um, so yeah, that that made me made me think of it. I was just a little surprised that um, that you've written this character as someone with with a disability, and then you don't go find an actor who like has a disability. It just seems like very strange that then you would just have an able bodied person play it. Um, well, I think like you know, it's sort of again things that we're talking about the, in the diversity and apps toolkit with hiring practices. It's like that sounds hard. We know how to cast able-bodied characters, so right. that's what we're going to go do, and then they can like learn how to have a disability on screen, right? And then, yeah. then they can go win Emmys and Oscars for that because that's what happens, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but yeah, to to really think about, I I would also challenge again. We always kind of sort of look earlier. What about acting programs? How welcoming is it to kids with disabilities? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like how you might think because we don't usually see actors with disabilities that there are none out there. That's always the sort of thing with diverse hiring, right? It's yeah. like, well, I don't know any. I can't so find anybody. Not be yeah. Any. yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I think there's definitely, um, it, it does go hand in hand with, with, uh, with the toolkit about starting earlier and, and figuring out, um, you know, how you do these things when you're hiring and what your team, um, looks like. So, um, but you know, I think this article sort of sets the stage um, for for Stranger Things, um, which um, you had found an article about that. Um, I have not seen this show, but it's probably good to uh, to give everybody a bit of a background, even though it is the summer hit, right? It is your homework. It is fantastic <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen Stranger Things. It's a new show on Netflix. Um, you've probably been hearing about it or seeing fan art of it on yeah. the, <laughs> all over the internet. What's interesting is I wouldn't have thought it as a kid's show because it scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> but my daughter has started watching it. All of her middle school friends are watching it. Wow. So it's a hit with the younger kids. It's very much inspired by the 80s movies like Goonies, like Poltergeist, I mean, Poltergeist is especially where, like, there are few Poltergeist references, and Poltergeist I'm still traumatized by it <laughs> oh, wow. from having seen it as a kid and having yeah. it scare me so much. Um, E.T. plays, like, you can see some E.T. references in oh, there. Oh, okay. But it's like a small town, small Midwest town, where a boy goes missing. Oh. And 
as they search for the missing boy, a lot of other stranger things start happening, like a girl with telekinesis escapes from a government science lab. <laughs> Boys who are looking for their friend find her instead, and sort of together they, you know, are, continue to look for this, for this missing hmm. boy, but now a monster's on the loose, like it's... <laughs> It's it's a love letter to the '80s, really. <laughs> I have to say, all of the kids in it are extraordinary. They're just extraordinary. So one of the characters, um, Dustin, mm-hmm. played by 13-year-old Gaten Matarazzo. Matarazzo, um, I think. I know I'm saying Gaten right, but I'm not sure. <laughs> You're like Matarazzo, I nailed right? Gaten. Yeah. <laughs> I think Matarazzo sounds right. Yeah. Matarazzo. Um, he has. Um, or now had um, something called cleidocranial dysplasia. And it's sort of like where his teeth hadn't come in all the way. So, you know, when you're playing, when you're a middle school boy, you know, kind of in the show gave him a little bit of a lisp. But what's really extraordinary is he names that in the show. He's like, you know, these are Dungeons and Dragons group of boy (laughs) group of boys and they get bullied at school, you know. And they're they call him toothless. I think the boys call him. And he's like, I told you before, it's called cleidocranial dysplasia. So it's and now um, this actor has told the Daily Beast that he started getting letters and emails about it because the kids who have it, they're like, oh my, that's what I have. They've never heard of it outside of a doctor's office. Now here right. it is, on TV, and wow. it's that extraordinary thing of like he is truly one of the best characters in the show he is like yeah. the all heart of the show he's adorable and loving and the peacemaker of the friends and he's just wonderful so i, I really get like the that like if you're a kid who has this and right you know, they they have to deal with bullying and all this stuff it's just everyone should go watch it it's scary but honestly my 11 year old is fine with it <laughs> so <laughs> get through it how uh, how many episodes is it? It's eight episodes. Oh, I've really? Okay. Seven. We're watching number eight tonight. I can't wow. wait. <laughs> you can, so you can like knock this out in a weekend if uh, absolutely well, if you don't have absolutely. kids. <laughs> if you don't have to put your kid to bed. You can easily right. two days. Right. Nice. That sounds. Um, we should definitely check it out. But I yeah I I think it just reinforces what we've been told. The you know these letters and emails that the actor is getting from people who have this condition it's you know they see themselves reflected on the screen so right and um, what's interesting about this story according to this article that we have is that the they cast him and then wrote it into the show oh i see so like it was almost the reverse of the thing that we're talking about it's like right. this kid this kid is dustin like there's no other kid to play yeah. this character he happens to have cleidocranial dysplasia let's just that's easy to work into the show. We can do that. So that's a great challenge on the writers. Yeah. Just, wow, this person is an amazing choice for this character. Let's make this work. Right, right. Yeah, good point. I think um, it, it is sort of the reverse. So, And, you um, know, it's also great representation of kids with telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't see that enough. That's I know, what... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Stranger Things, we should definitely check it oh, out. I've just, so I uh, I've been avoiding the uh, the clicks on the fan art. Just um, oh, same, so, same because yeah. it is spoilery. The fan oh, art, okay, because okay. you'll see Good scenes from later on. All right, good to know. So, 
Um, so if we switch gears a little bit. The other um, article or a couple articles that <clears throat> we've covered in our newsletter has to do specifically with toys and uh, a little bit with video games. So if we start with um, with with toys, specifically dolls, um, there's been sort of a movement that started on Facebook um, that really uh, is called Toy Like Me, and it's really been pushing toy makers and and also um, you know you know creators who are already doing this um, to start creating dolls that are designed for children with with dis- disabilities. So the article. Um, which is in the Daily Saba, which is not part of my daily reading, but um, we managed to, to come across it. It talks about this British toy company, Makey's, um, which is designing customized dolls featuring children with hearing, visual, and physical impairments. Um, so this was really fascinating. Um, you know, they, they've created um, dolls where, you know, the, the, the doll is in a wheelchair. Um, they've... Um, created doll that this was a little bit interesting to me they said that had a hand-painted facial birthmark um which i wasn't sure was considered oh, i guess they s- sort of looked at it as well i don't know then they have another character that has that was visually impaired um that comes with a cane and glasses and then hetty um comes with hot pink hearing aids so um this was really um fascinating they were they're actually 3d printed dolls so um, so a bit of technology being used there. And then um, they mentioned that one of the bigger guys, Playmobil, actually has created um, a seeing-eye dog and a Tinkerbell dog with a, with a, a hearing aid. So, um, you know, this, again, is, is a case where, um, you know, they're making the dolls and, and the toys as a reflection of the world that we live in. And, um, you know, it's a way for a kid who you know, may have a disability or may not have a disability, but sort of see them, um, see the wider world that, that we live in. And I thought this was great. They said that, um, it was widely shared. They have an audience of 50,000 now, and it was, um, continuing to rise. It was really, um, you know, this, this company to, to some extent is, is taking a risk. Wouldn't you say like, this is, um, you're sort of putting yourself out on, on a limb to, to create a, um, a doll like that. Yeah, I mean, the 3D printing, I think, is makes it really compelling. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so we've decided the price point and that this is possible and that you can customize it, and then you find your audience for it. Um, I think that the, some of the major toy makers, it's not so risky. Like, Lego makes a wheelchair, Playmobil True. does, um, Build-A-Bear, American Girl. They all have these accessories, mm-hmm. which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, that's not hard to do. Make a couple minifigs, yeah. <laughs> you know, for yeah, the Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So it's it's really interesting. I, I feel like it's not that hard to yeah, I, th- it. I um, think for the bigger guys, for sure. I think if you build your entire business around it, it's probably um, right, there's certainly right. challenging But But that's where, it. like, I think 3D printing is so amazing for this mm-hmm. industry. Um, I love the idea of um, the hand-painted facial birthmark because we right. as we talk about representations of self if you have a facial birthmark right. you're not seeing yourself represented so you know like anything else it's like the importance of seeing yourself represented yeah. i think anyone who doubts that track down and we can put a link to it the video of a girl with a prosthetic leg being given an american girl doll 
that had been customized for her, not by the American Girl Company, but another mm-hmm. company had done this for her, made this doll with a prosthetic leg. Did, have you wow. seen this video? No, no, no. I'm excited to see I've it. But it yeah, we should times. definitely link to I it in the show. I cry my eyes out every time. But I think it's an example of like when a kid who's not used to seeing himself or herself represented right. sees themselves in their doll or in their media. Like if you've ever doubted the importance of it, you watch this video and you'll understand that she gets the um, the box and, you know, it's a typical American girl box where the lower half of the doll like you see the head through the window basically right so she yeah. opens it up and she pulls the tissue back sees it puts the tissue back and just has a moment of shock shock yeah and she, she actually has to like cover it up kind of like recenter herself <laughs> opens it up and she's like it's got a leg like mine i'm like crying yeah. just talking about it <laughs> um, um but it's just there it is. Like it's just like when you can see yourself represented and right. treated as like this normal thing, like it's so important. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Sh- so we yeah. should definitely link to we should that. definitely link to it. Um, but it, it always comes up to me, like in terms of dolls and media, though, too, that it's not just for the kids, right? That are rep- being represented, yeah. but it's all other kids to understand. There are different people in the world it's right. not just you you know this is also like when we get away from like white and male yeah. and that's just yeah. like i mean yeah, this yeah it echoes right is, back like, to our yeah. First, yeah it echoes back to the discussion we had right about um you know who are the lead characters in in a cartoon show and and right. you know we're not it's not just so girls see themselves as ghostbusters it's so that um you know kids c- can see that you know even if they aren't girls they they can see that they um that yeah there are people from there are different people who can do the same things and be leaders and and be superheroes so Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i totally agree with you it's it's not like a um it's not a case where we're doing this for for the person who has a prosthetic leg only it's so that um everyone else knows it and accepts it and and sees the world as it is so um, so yeah, I, I thought this dolls discussion, I, I think, um, we, there, there's this and then there's, um, you know, the, the an article we posted a couple weeks ago about the Xbox avatars, um, mm-hmm. that will soon have awesome wheelchair option. This was in the daily dot. Um, this, yeah, it started as like a, Hey, let's petition Xbox so that we can get, um, the, the avatars in wheelchairs and Phil right. Spencer Xbox head. Um, said not needed. Saw already something we're looking at, and then somebody else posted a sneak peek of the avatars in wheelchairs. Nice, yeah, that's it. it it's it's really awesome what um, what they're doing, and and good to see that it's it's really at the top, right? Yeah. Um, that it, you know this is leadership taking it on, and exactly. yeah, his his um his tweet about no petition need we hear you something we already looked at not far off so yeah it's great it's great yeah. um i think you know in a future podcast we should do a deeper dive into disabilities in video games it's rare as rare as it is on television if not more so but yeah. looking at any games that um like you can imagine having like the character that you're playing having limited um mobility or mm-hmm vision or hearing impairment you know anything like that 
you could see how that would make a game really compelling, but also sort of be a little bit empathetic to right. this, a disabled character. Like if you're doing first person and yeah. there are places you can't go because of your limited mobility, like I think that sounds like an could be an amazing game right. in the hands of the right creators. So it's something I would... Yeah, I definitely back that on Kickstarter. <laughs> right, exactly. And I know, like, we'll also have, um, we're going to try and get people from Games for Change on. And I think that in the indie game market and the Games for Change community, we're definitely starting to see some of that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it, that's something to look forward to in a future podcast. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's something that we, um, we definitely have to, um, look at and like you're saying I think um, like we talked about with the doll sort of the 3D printing gives the opportunity to sort of create um, create these these pieces I think indie game developers as they continue as we continue to sort of lower the price or the barriers to create a game Mm -hmm. um, you know then we're going to continue to see this um, the diversity emerge um, from the audience, or again, That's not like dis- the top companies, like take a risk. Like it's not that risky. <laughs> <laughs> Just make a good game. Like the, at right. the end of the day, all anybody wants is a good game, right? A good right. show, a good toy. You yeah. know, that's what people want. Yeah, yeah. Well said. That's true. So, um, I think that that covered the articles that we wanted to discuss. Was there anything? Um, was there any article I missed that we wanted to touch on? Oh, there's also, um, this is something that we featured in the newsletter last week. There's a new technology that helps create sensory experiences with for children with autism. Oh, right, right. Just, yeah. This is amazing. And I think that this is something that a lot of kids would get into. Um, but it's um, fabric-based. So it's fab- fabric works as a screen. So anyone who needs, like, sensory touch... You know, like here's a screen that like by touching the fabric, you know, you can make it change colors or get different projections. Like it sounds like one of those things that would be appealing to all kids, but is particularly good with this community and developed for this community. So I just, I think that that's like a really great thing. Like as people look at, because again, technology is letting us do this, right? Like they're. I, I actually saw at the interactivity conference, it's a children's museum conference, there are all these projections onto sand, you know, and as you dig, like I've seen it like geological use cases, whereas you dig a pit into the sand, you could see mm-hmm. like how water might appear. And it's all done with projections and like sort of the, the distance of the sand from the projection yeah. dictates what's being projected. But there again, so it's like a sensory experiment, experience where kids are just playing um, you know, then it affects what they're seeing. Right, for sure. I think um, it's uh, the thing. There was two things. One, these are University of Michigan um, researchers, and I'm an alum, so that was exciting to see. <laughs> you love um, everything, Michigan. <laughs> right, right. But I thought it was really cool um, that they, you know, they were talking specifically about the effect on physical activity um, right. and how, um, you know, people with autism, you know, as they, they get older um, they tend to be more and more sedentary and so they were sort of saying that this could be a way to increase physical activity and then also increase confidence and sort of that um, would address the most challenging aspect they said of autism which is the social interaction so there's actually a in the article there's like a 10 and a half minute conversation with 
um, with these two researchers, um, which we'll obviously link to. But um, it was it's just super fascinating. I think you know we it's sort of um, what the technology is allowing you to do. And again, it it's just like the 3D printing and and sort of what what these guys are 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 focused on um, is is really cool stuff. And I think it's a way to address um, you know whatever it's a way to use technology to address sort of where there is a, a limitation that right now we haven't been able to to overcome with kids with autism. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, I would also say one learning experience that I had this year with our app Monkey Spot, Scavenger yeah. Hunts, um, a group called Touch Autism reached out to us and they said, we think that your app would be really good for kids with autism. You know, obviously, like we were making an app for all kids, but what we're trying to do now is understand more of why that might be or in what way. And, you know, because we're always launching new scavenger hunts, are there ones that we can release specifically for that community um, that make it even better? Like that's more targeted to them. So I think, you know, for all developers and media creators, as you hear things like that, to really like, sit down and listen um, and see what we can do. Because, again, you know, for us as creators, it's like it, it would not be hard for us to do this. So let's right. do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's really fascinating. It's actually a good segue. So, Amy, where can we uh, where can we find you on, on Twitter? Um, on Twitter, I'm yeah. at Media Macaroni. I'm also the same on Facebook and Instagram. And my company, you can find at Monkey Bar Games. Awesome. We uh, we shall follow you there. You can follow Diversity in Apps at, at Diversity in Apps. Um, we are the same on Twitter and Facebook. No Instagram yet. Um, maybe maybe soon enough. Um, and you can follow me personally at KDAWG. 2332 um it's an old handle don't make fun of it um (laughs) i might make a little bit of fun of it (laughs) (laughs) i think that's gonna do it for us this week thank you all again for joining and we promise we will work hard to get a guest next week for our big holiday podcast the fall is gonna be amazing that's right (laughs) 